Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Welcome to the podcast. Episode 96 is an interview with Luke Nelson, chiropractor at Health and High Performance. In this episode, we discuss knee pain. Patellofemoral pain affects 1 in 10 males and 1 in 5 females. With the name runner's knee, it's the most common injury seen in runners with close to 50% of runners experiencing this condition at some time. We discuss what it is, how we treat it, what exercises you can do to help it, taping for knee pain and how to keep training with knee pain. And yes, you can, as long as you keep it in check. So, listen up to find out how to deal with knees. If you enjoy this episode, please do go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps grow the audience and help me get high-profile athletes on the show. Thanks so much for your ongoing support. If you are looking to challenge your limits, you need to have structured, individualised training to help you get there. If you want to achieve your best, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program started. Enjoy this injury special with Luke. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Alrighty, hello and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast and welcome once again, Luke. Thanks again for having me again, Isabel. Yes. So happy to be here. Well, and... look, there's so many runners' injuries that we can discuss. I'm sure there's yeah. going to be plenty of them. Well, we are. We're, we're going to tick, tick off tick off another one today. So it's probably one of the one of the bigger and more popular mm. ones today, actually. It's even been named after running. So runner's knee. Runner's knee, yes. Runner's Talk knee. through that one. Well, runner's knee uh, is, is what it's uh, what's more commonly known as, but it's also known as patellofemoral pain. And 
it's a big one in runners, uh, responsible for, for close to 50% of, of all running injuries wow. uh, are related around the knee. Uh, unfortunately, women get the short end of the stick there, but mm. it is more common in, in females. Um, but a really, really common one, something that we see we see in Craig a lot, and that I'm sure that a lot of you, um, by purely by numbers, would yeah. have experienced uh, this condition at, at some point. So can you tell us, um, I'm assuming females get it more because of their hips? There's a few, a few reasons why. So there's, there's theories around that. There's um, greater um, predisposition to, to more laxity there. So yeah. uh, not as high a strength, but then, like you said, the pelvic width there and the, yeah. the knee angle. So there's a, there's a few theories as, as to why. Also how they move, um, you know, the, the movement patterns of jumping can also be a bit different from okay. males to females. So there's a few things well, that have looked, looked into that. But yeah. um, but we'll sort of explore some of the some of the you know the contributors and, and also some of the tips to, to help manage this condition yeah. today. So um, it's also known runner's knee is also known by the, the technical name of patellofemoral pain is, is what uh, what we, we tend to call it medically. Yeah, uh, it, it happens in a wide variety of ages. So we see it right across from and, and often a lot of people that have experienced this. It can start in, in teenage years. Um, so we see it especially in, in the younger younger girls and, and more active more active uh, girls and boys, um, but it can go right through right through life. We used to think that that it was a what we call a self limiting condition. So that's something that you just have and then it just goes away by itself. Oh, okay. But we actually know that a lot of people with that that get this can have this for a very long period of time, and so it, it can really hang around for, for, for years and years if if, if nothing is, is done, wow, is done so about it. So. Got there on the um, slide, chronic ongoing pain up to twenty years post diagnosis can occur. Absolutely, yeah, wow, yeah. That's... So it's, it is, it's a it's a big one. So mm. so it is, used to be something that years ago we thought, oh yeah, no, look, it's one of those issues that settles by itself. But we know, and we can often trace when, when people have this issue. Uh, you know, we see it starting back in their teenagers or in their younger years, and then it's just it's just, just never gone away since uh, since then. So, so we're going to talk about some of the tips to to you know to, to help to get on top of it and make yeah. sure that it doesn't become a, a persistent problem that, that hangs yeah. around for years and years and, and affects your running. Um, so, some of the symptoms that we see with it. So, quite commonly, people describe pain around the knee. So, it's usually around the, around the front of the knee with uh, with patellofemoral pain. So they'll sometimes draw a bit of a C-shaped C shape, C shape sign around the inside there, or it might be underneath okay. the knee, or yeah. just around the kneecap, and it can shift and move around in different different locations. Um, common aggravating activities for it tend to be running, right. so they can complain yeah. that it, it gets it gets sore in a run. Can sometimes they can warm up. Sometimes they feel a bit stiff at the start. You know, it gets a bit better, but then by the end it can be quite sore, and then later on that night it's really really aching, or waking up the next day with it quite sore. Uh, lunging is another, is another one. Um, so for those that are doing any sort of strength training there, uh, jumping, stairs, that's another one. So, so um, not just going up, but, but often going downstairs. They find it really quite hard on the knee to, uh, to yeah. do that. Uh, then we've got hills with hill running. We'll talk a bit about mm. that. Um, squatting down. So if they're bending down to pick something up, they might notice that no, it's pretty achy and sore when they're doing that. And sitting as well, believe it or not. Oh, so, wow. so sitting is, it, it's actually... Um, this condition is also called moviegoer's knee because a lot of people with it have issues with sitting for long periods of time. You know, they're sitting in a movie and they're like, oh, I just need to stretch my knee out. You know, yeah. you need to get some movement through there. So, so sitting. Yeah, is, is, so yeah. if you do have this um, condition, it can be quite debilitating for yeah. general life. That's yeah. exactly right. We're not just talking about it affecting your running, but yeah. it can carry over, as you said, you know, getting up and down the stairs at home mm. or, you know, looking after the kids at home, those, those yeah. sort of things. It, it, yeah, really, it really can. So it, it can be, you know, we see it 
Now, on a spectrum of, of severity of these, we see from the very mild to the really severe where it's, yeah. it's, it's really impacting your life, absolutely. So it pays to get on top of it. Absolutely. And, and uh, one of the things that also tend to accompany the, the, the knee pain is, is clicking around the knee. And mm -hmm. so a lot of people will say to us, oh, my knee clicks, is, is, that, is that a normal thing? You know, it clicks and grinds. It feels yeah. like there's, you know, bone grinding on bone there. We know that noisy knees are, are actually normal and, and they're very common. So, so, so if, I, if we're, our knees are clicking and there's no pain at all, yeah. that's perfectly okay. Yeah, nothing to worry about. Okay. So, and then even if they are clicking and it is painful, it's okay. very unlikely that that clicking is actually contributing to the pain. Okay. Just, just a coincidence there that it's, that it's happening. Yeah. Um, but we know that, so that the one in three uh, pain-free women, so that's oh. one in three that don't have any, any, any pain there at all, will have clicky knees. Yeah. Uh, and that the noisy knees is also not a sign of severity as well. So um, if you've got those with noisy knees, we found in a, in a study uh, to have the same amount of strength and the same amount of function as those that, that didn't have clicky knees. Yeah. So, yeah. so don't worry about that. Rest assured what that noise is. There's a few things that it actually can be, but uh, a lot of the times what it is is the... Um, You've got your kneecap and you've got your thigh bone, and as they move over each other, you can get some moving around of fluid and some sort of squelching of fluid that, that happens through there. So that's what make make it sound like you know there's sand in there, or you know it's like it's actually just the squishing of that of that joint fluid. So that's uh, but there are also ligaments and tendons around that can click around, and again they don't cause any cause any harm. So. If, you, if anyone out there has got clicky knees, um, you can be uh, yeah, you'd be confident that it's uh, that it's not causing you uh, any issues there. So yeah, that's good to know. So as you said, you know it's important if you if you've got this to, to get a diagnosis. Uh, there are a lot of things around the knee that that, that can cause uh, pain around that area. Um, things that you can have, you can have tendinopathy issues mm -hmm. around through there and in the quads and the patella tendinopathy. Uh, things like pleaky, you can have meniscal irritation, you can have fat pattern irritation, you can have referred pain from the hip and the knee oh, and, wow. and the, or hip and the back. So it's a lot of things that can be. So it is important that you do, you know, get a diagnosis of what's yeah. going on there. Um, you know, we always talk about that and that's important because that helps to then dictate what, uh, what the best management is. So, yes. yeah. um, so we're going to cover now, we're going to cover our four tips for, for, for our, our listeners and viewers today for, for runners' knees. The first one we're going to talk about is, is running loads. Then we're going to talk about strength training. Then we've got running technique. And then lastly, uh, taping, which can be uh, useful to, to help to uh, offset that and, and relieve some pain. So does increasing our load too quickly, can that lead to runner's knee? Absolutely right. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to talk about. Talk yeah. about first is, is, is running load. And, and running load is really, really important. Um, you know, we've mentioned it before in some of our other talks. Yeah. If you're not getting that right, you know, if you're doing too much too soon, um, then that can really, you know, not just, Specific to the knee, but it can it can yeah. cause all sorts. Well, of Well, I have noticed that in our discussions that it tends to follow from a big jump in load is is some injury or other. So that's why it's so important to keep yep. such a careful eye and just gradually increase. Exactly right. That's where you know the advantage of having a coach with yeah. someone to look after is they're taking all that into consideration. Right. They're increasing your loads at a, at a you know at a, um, a reasonable level. You mm. know they're making sure that if whatever happens, you know you have a bad week and you weren't able to do much that week they're making sure that the next week that you're not ramping up too quickly. Because that's often what we see. It's, it's sometimes not people just saying, oh, I'm going to go silly this week. It's more like, oh, last week I wasn't able to do much. Work was hectic. I, yeah. you know, I had, a, had a cold, perhaps not COVID. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just, you know, wasn't able to do much. But next week, you know what, I'm going to make up for it. You know, yeah. I'm going to get into it. And so it's Make up always, all those kilometres. Yeah, and, that's exactly and right. And, it's, yeah. and so it's the troughs that sometimes then cause the, cause the peaks. And, yeah. and uh um, uh, we've actually got a bit of a actual skip forward to this one through here, and that's why we're talking about that. But um, 
but that that, that up and down there, you yeah. know, sort of looking at weekly mileage and weekly training now, it's these peaks and troughs that tend to cause the issue versus that's, that's why we discussed um consistency is the most important exactly right aspect yeah. of, of training load. It, it really is. And and that's um you know, consistency is obviously the best thing for fitness, but it's also yeah. the best thing for injury as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just a, a, a periodized program where you're gradually increasing, you yeah. know, having the occasional down week there to, yes. to absorb and, and recover yeah. from that training. Uh, and that's Unfortunately, it's very rare to meet recreational runners that are doing that right. You know, yes. and, and that's why they're often coming into me injured yeah. because they don't have that right. They've got no direction. They're just sort of doing their own thing, doing what they feel like, yeah. uh, doing what they've got time for, and, and it results in these, you know, these ups and downs which we see in this uh, in this graph through graph through here. Yeah. So that's definitely a big one that we see too much too soon. So being being mindful of, of that, you know, week on week, what you're, how you're yeah. increasing, and uh, and being watching for those troughs there mm. that you're then not ramping up too much the following week. Um, if we have a look and, and see, you know, I think we've used this slide, this slide before <laughs> one of our other talks, but, um, you know, we don't have to stop running. You know, I'm talking about running load here. With this condition, most of the time it can, you can continue to run with it, thankfully. Well, that's so good news. It is. It is good yeah. news. So, and like for a lot of other conditions, we tend to use a pain scale for this. So what yeah. we tend to say is, you know, around anywhere from an, under a four or five out of 10. So if we say 10 out of 10 is the worst pain you yeah. had, zero is nothing. If we can keep it around, you know, below that four or five, then we're pretty safe. You know, if, yeah. we, if we can keep it during the run and then after the run and the next day, so making sure that we don't get a big flare up there, then, then we're good to go. Yeah. So pain, it's okay. It's safe. You're not doing any damage any damage with this, with, with running with this. Uh, and yeah. a lot of runners are often relieved to hear that because yeah. it it's, means... It sometimes sort of feels like you're doing damage yeah. though. It does. I and think that, that's what the fear comes from. Exactly right. And that's where we can, you know, relay that fear and saying, no, look, this is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to do that if we if we stick to these, these you know, these guidelines and and uh, and, and um, then we can avoid running into trouble and, and causing a really significant flare-up with this. So, so, but when you say um, as long as the pain is under about four or five, mm -hmm. what about doing like sprints and those sorts of things? Should we just keep it easy running or can we do the variety? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. do you actually? that's a very good question we're going to talk about talk oh, about that sorry. soon because no no that, 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 is, yeah. that is a good question and uh if we, we jumped actually yeah. we jumped to that now whilst, whilst you're on that so but i'd be interested to know about the hills too yeah 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 that's a, that's another one so you know we, we talk about with with this condition um volume or speed now typically when when we're dealing with, a, with an injured runner most of the time we sort of just focus on we take out speed and we focus yeah. on volume However, knee issues, and, and this one in particular, is one of those ones where you can buck the trend a little bit and, oh, okay. and you actually can um, uh, introduce some early speed work and it's generally tolerated okay. Because what happens is as we run faster, a few things can happen, but um, we tend to land uh, more in sort of a forecourt or well towards yeah. the front of the foot there. Uh, our cadence can, can increase a little bit there. And what that does is it shifts the load away from the knee and it can put it down more towards the calf and the foot. So it actually can, can take the oh, load okay. away, but it does put more load obviously in through the feet. The feet yeah, yeah. And so that's where we, with things like we can, depending on the injury, so for things like a, an Achilles issue or a plantar fascia issue, that doesn't tend to tolerate yeah. speed work so well. But knee issues and, and runner's knee is one of those ones that you can potentially add some add some um, some speed in early on 
And again, just seeing how they respond, you know, yeah. keeping below a four or five, yeah, we're good. Yeah. So we often don't need to take down, take that out. But it's more the the volume, it's the time on feet, the long, the long runs, the longer runs that can have that can have issues oh, with, okay. with, with this runner's knee. So yeah. so that's yeah, that's the answer to the question around around you know what do we do? Do we change the volume? Do we change the change the speed? Uh, I'd say reduce the volume a little bit, um, yes. see if you can keep the speed the same, and uh, and, and keeping those symptoms within it within a manageable manageable level there. Uh, if we talk about then going on to hills or flat, now we mentioned before some of the things that will tend to aggravate mm. this are uh, stairs and, and hills. Uh, and we often see this, this come on uh, after a hillier run. Yeah. Uh, and it's not always the uphill that gets you. It's actually often quite often the downhill. And I'm sure, you know, yeah. yourself, it's, uh, it's quite so used to the hills there. Yeah. You know, running hard, running fast downhill is really taxing it, on, on the quads. Yeah. It's, 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 it's much a, harder than uphill. It, it absolutely yeah. is. And so... Yeah. That there is a lot of that, and the reason being is that we there's a lot of braking force involved there as, we, yeah. as we're going down, and that braking force is taken by the quads yeah. and the knees, and yeah. and so uh, a lot of these, and, that, and this has happened to me before in the past where I've done a, a hillier race and I was going harder down, and you feel it in the in the knee, you know, you feel it in that knee a bit afterwards. So so yeah, we tend to say keep it to flat, keep it to flat yeah. for the time being until we get a hold of, of, of the symptoms, and then we can start to introduce some 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 hillier runs there. Uh, preferring to, you know, and, and I will tend to go harder uphill, but then slower downhill yes. to, uh, to to manage that, and then you can start to increase the speed on the uh, on the downhill parts as the, as the knee and the, and the symptoms settle. So that's with the with the, the running loads there. So making sure we avoid those those spikes. Mm -hmm. um, we've got the you can often reduce a bit of volume, keep the speed keep the speed going, uh, and then also just going on on the flatter on the flatter runs. Now the other thing that we, we like to uh, like to do for this is, is strength training. Now, one of the things is that you know there's no real blanket rehab for you know you've got knee pain go and do these exercises because and, and, and our approach is very much an individualized approach because in one person with it with an this this runner's knee they may have you know weakness in through the quads but in mm. someone else it may actually be that they've got weakness in through the hip or in through the calf oh, okay. and so it's it's important to to you know individualize that and so that's where we. We by a proper assessment and working out what the strength deficiencies are, we can then you can then target target exercises into uh, into those areas, and then we choose the exercises according to what you can tolerate uh, and what you also prefer and what you've got access to. You know, yeah. if you've got weights at home, or, or what, what can you do? So that's some of some of the things that we take into consideration when we're determining what exercises we're going to give you. But we'll run through some of the key areas that we, we look for for strength and some of the options that we've got there with this. So firstly, the quads, okay? And yeah. no, this, this is not this is not me. Uh, <laughs> so but, uh, uh, probably both my legs would be about the size of one of those. So, um, but uh, the quads, quads, yes. are, quads are, are a big one. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you know, the quads are our thigh muscles down here. They go down and attach into that kneecap there. Yeah. So the stronger that we've got these these thigh muscles and the quads, the more pressure that we can take off on those uh, on those those knees there. So a couple of things there. I mean, one of the things that we, our listeners may have heard of before is, you know, talking about what's the VMO muscle, or what's called the vastus yeah. medialis obliquus. And this was, you know, something that years ago we thought that, oh yes, no, if you've got some, if you've got this knee pain, then you need to, you need to be targeting right. the VMO, yes. working on these yes. ones, you know, this tiny little muscle yeah. inside the knee. We now know that that's debunked. So it's not, oh. we don't need to focus on, on the VMO. Okay. We throw that one out. It's actually just generally getting around through the quads there. Uh, and so you don't need to worry because I, I mean, when I initially started practice, you know, 17 years ago now, that, that was how I was taught yes. and what we were teaching patients. 
it's the most frustrating exercise to do to get this little contraction oh, going exactly. on the inside through there. So uh, for anyone that's still attempting to do that, you can throw that away, just get the quad strong. Um, so some of the options that we've got for the quads there, uh, we've got squats, and that can be generally better tolerated in the shallower ranges. So, you know, oh, in the okay. shallow, shallow so ranges, there's so not going to come down into full on. No, and in fact, because that, that's where the, it does get a little bit more pressure as we, as we go a little bit lower. And so that's yeah. why we tend to keep it a bit shallower um, for, for those that have got that, um, that knee sensitivity. Although for some people, they actually find they, they, they go better in the deeper ranges. So I'll always put a oh, caveat on okay. that one. Most people tend to, tend to be shallow, but some people actually, the shallow range is the most sore part. So we actually, for those people, we get them just working in that deep range. So again, it comes down to the patient's tolerance, you know, mm -hmm. what, the, what they're feeling, that they're paying in that, that particular movement. Squats will tend to start off with firstly a back squat or a goblet, or a goblet squat there, but yes. usually a back squat uh, and then going on to a front squat because that is more, more demand on the, on the knee and, yes. yeah, and the quad through there. But the other alternative we've got there is a, is a really elevated split squat, also called a Bulgarian split squat. So, so um, you did say that lunges can cause um, aggravation, yep. so that the elevated split squat doesn't aggravate? No, because and it may in some people, yeah. and that's why we always come down to individual preference there, but there's, there's ways that you can tweak that um, and you can change the foot position, you can change okay. the distance there. So. And, and that um, then will, will lessen or increase the, the, the load on the knee. So yeah, there's lots of things you can tweak with that exercise. Yeah. But for some, some it's, it's not it's not no yeah. good. Um, but for others, it can, it can actually work beautifully. Uh, and then going into onto what you just yeah. said, then with the lunge, there are ways to actually uh, modify the lunge to to make it more knee friendly. So actually doing and and, yeah. and, 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 and this is baffles people when we do this. But if stepping forward into a lunge hurts you can actually do a reverse mm, lunge and, and still right. standing on that side. And it's the same position. If you, if you took a photo of the, the start yes. and the end position, it's the exact same. But what we've got in the in the forward lunge is we've got the impact of stepping forward, whereas in a reverse lunge, that's that's not fair. So yeah, because um, when you're stepping forward, you're kind of all your body weight yeah. forward into that knee. That's right. And then the quad and the knee are having to decelerate that leg there. Whereas if you're just standing on that leg and you step back with the other one, you're still ending in that same position. But you don't have that, that yeah. load there. So you can turn a lunge into a reverse lunge, or you can change the different leg, you know, a slightly different leg position. You can step out a little bit further. Yeah. Um, so lots of things you can tweak with that. So so is it better to um have a a lunge that goes at further distance or keeping it closer together? So generally if you go if you go a bit further away, it does get a bit more in through the, the, the back of the hamstrings okay. there. And the same with the split squat. So if you're yeah. having the foot further out in front. Um, you tend to get less in the angle, whereas if you bring the, the foot closer to you, then you tend to get more bend in the knee, a greater bend, knee bend yeah. angle, and that can put a bit more bit more load through there. So that's also how we can progress it. You know, people are really sensitive and irritated there. Start off with a position that's not so bad, and then we can progress it into yeah. ones that are a bit more challenging. Um, then we've got to have a leg extension machine. So we really want to isolate that. So that quad that's, you know, getting on the machine yeah. there and kicking the leg out in front. Um, that tends to be tolerated in, in again, sort of more the starter ranges. So they don't, they don't mm, seem to yes. like that when that, when that goes fully to, to lock yes. out and fully straight. That can often hurt them. So if that does, then we just stick within the ranges that, uh, that, that, that are, uh, you know, within so that So it's that still a beneficial range. exercise even if it you're is. not doing the full range. Yeah, and it actually, it's a very good, you know, it's, it's an isolation exercise, but it, it, it can work really well for getting that quad strength up because it's just purely getting that, 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 quad, yeah. that quad working. 
and going single leg on that as well too. So make sure yes. that you're not taking over with the with the other legs. Yes, so. I do remember being told to do it with the foot on the angle to get the, the volume. Yeah, yeah, so that one it doesn't again doesn't matter doesn't yeah. matter so much. Yeah. We just want to get the just want to get the quads working. You're not doing yeah. any harm by harm by doing that, but you, yeah. you just don't you just don't need to. Yeah. It's just getting getting all all, all, the, all four quads uh, going there. So. Yeah. Um, then the other one we've got is the leg press as well. So leg press machine, and again, that tends to be better tolerated in sort of from that not too deep in the starting yeah. position there. So it's more, and the knee tends to get a bit straighter. It tends to be much like it would be with a squat. It's like yeah. about four of the squats a bit shallower, and they like that a bit more. Um, but the leg press is, is another option there as well. So you've got a few options there to go through. Yeah. The, go through the quads. Um, my my preference is if you want to, if you really need to get the quads going, I, I prefer to use the leg extension machine to really isolate that. Yeah. But combine it with one of these other movements there, whether yeah. a real leg, real leg elevated split squat or, or a lunge, and uh, and then going from that, going from that there. Now with leg press, mm. um, what about would you be having it where you're facing the plate, or is the forty five degree one better? Which uh, one would you recommend more? Either either or actually. Yeah, okay. Okay. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Either or is all right. So it just yeah. again comes down to comfort, and sometimes you find that they're, they're better on one versus the other. Yeah. So you can actually, if you've got access to both. Try both. Yeah. See which one feels more comfortable with the knee. What allows them to do greater load on that? And yeah. again, single leg coming down a single leg yes. on the leg press. Um, yeah. What what feels more comfortable for them? So because some people even you know on their back it might not feel as comfortable mm -hmm. in one position. So all these other things you can take into consideration there as well. Uh, then we've got um, we've got here we've got uh, the calves. So the calves, well, one of my favourites here. Yes. The calves. We can't forget. Yeah. Can't forget these. So. Um, calf exercises, uh, we've got our, you know, simple calf raises there. So obviously doing that with waist, we can do that, uh, you know, single leg, lots of different ways we can do that. And then we've got our seated seated calf raises as well. Um, so we're so how does the, the calf strength impact? Yeah, so calves do, uh, well, calves are, uh, we've spoken before, are the number mm. one muscle involved yeah. in running in terms of they take the, the, the greatest impact forces. Now, if they're not taking it, then something else will. And that's where things start to go up the chain there. So there's also other things that happen, um, in particularly when we're in what's called mid-stance. So as we're running through, our foot hits the ground and then our foot comes underneath our body. So yeah. in that position, if the calves are, don't lack sufficient strength, we tend to get a greater knee bend, which can then put more pressure around through, yeah. that, uh, through that, knee, that kneecap yeah. there. So, so the seated calf raise is, a, is a, a good exercise to really isolate the lower calf. Yeah. That's my preference. If people can get access to, to that, I'd, I'd like them to do so that. So you, you would, if, if people can only do one calf yeah. raise, yeah. it would be the seated. Seated, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it just tends to get a greater activation of the, the lower calf muscle called the soleus. Yeah. Um, whereas the standing one, you get a bit of both. Um, so you're still going to be doing something, but the, the lower calf muscle, that soleus, is actually the more important one out of, out of both those, those calf muscles there. So, and obviously lots more different options we can do for the yes. calves, but yeah. these are really just two simple ones that we can get people doing if they, if they you know, to, to build up strength there. And the great thing about this one is that they really, no matter how irritated the knee, if the knee's really irritated, they can usually they usually can do a calf raise without any problems because there's yeah. no knee, there's no bend in the knee for, for well even for the seated calf raise with the, with the knee bent yeah. um, it's it's generally pretty well tolerated for standing calf raise so for the most angriest knee um, they, they can get them started doing this uh, doing this stuff to get some strength around through there so that's the calves the second one there. Then we've got around our hips. So mm -hmm. we've got around the, you know, around the glutes, you know, yeah. where they, they can, and there's, there's some research to show that weakness around through the, through the hip muscles there is found in those with, with patellofemoral pain. So it's an important thing that we want to, uh, we want to address, and especially yeah. these hip muscles on the outside of the hip there, what's called the glute medius. Yeah. So they are important. Um, exercises that we can 
do we can uh, do to tolerate those are your sumo, your crab walk. So that's, you know, your bands around your feet and then walking from side to side or oh, walking yeah, from yeah, forwards, yeah. And forwards and back there. Yeah. Um, we've got our side plank. So actually just holding a side plank there puts a lot of um, um, work into that, those muscles on the outside of the hip. And then you can do things in that position like raising the leg up, yes. moving the leg around, doing those, those sort of different things there. So that's sort of putting work into the, into the outside of the hip. The rear side, so sort of into the, the, the backside in the, the big glute muscle, the glute max, um, that, that way we can get things like bridges. So doing bridges um, and hip thrusters, uh, deadlifts as well. Yeah. So those ones there can actually work quite well to, for working around that, around that hip. So again, lots of lots of options for there, but one, one area that we don't want to, but we don't want to miss in terms of assessing, but, but then uh, strengthening around there for those with, uh, with knee pain. Then we've got our feet. So the feet down the uh, down the bottom through here. So I can't forget the feet muscles. They're the ones that are making that initial contact yes. there and they're our foundation. So uh, we want to make sure that they're, that they're uh, right. Um, we've spoken a bit about before about the feet, but um, simply doing things like toe yoga, which is, you know, spreading the toes apart and wiggling the toes around, uh, a good way to get those those feet up and, up and firing. Uh, and then we've also got banded toe exercises. So doing those oh, okay. exercises, you know, with the band around the toe and, you know, then bending the toe down to the, down to the ground or, or putting the, the band around the remaining toes and, and pushing them down to the ground oh, there okay. as well. So yep. all to get that, that sound, sounds good. Yeah, yeah, all to get that underside of the foot or the foot going there. So and there's lots of other ones. Even doing even doing the calf raises as we mentioned before, yes. the standing calf raises, all the seated ones, we'll get some some work yep. going through that uh, through that those those feet muscles there. So few areas to consider. Um, and uh, which you know, those those probably the, the four more common areas that we that we find with weakness with in those with this uh, this this runner's knee. Then we're going to talk about uh, about running running technique. So running technique is certainly something that, that we assess, um, and and it's something that should be assessed in those with with uh, runners' knee because there can be uh, common technique faults that we can see, and 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 actually uh, changing technique um, can be quite beneficial for, for those with with runners' knee. So in fact, a lot of the study, a lot of the research that's gone into uh, running gait and changing running gait has been looking at those with patellofemoral pain or runners' okay. knee. So a lot of the research has gone into this and what they've found is that they've found that that changing technique can result in beneficial improvement so and and that can be even having them running give them some things to change and the pain can can actually decrease there straight away so i always um have heard or often have heard that you shouldn't change your gait that your body knows the best way to run for your body what do you have to say about that it's a it's a really good uh, really good question and one that we hear uh, often as well so yeah. firstly you don't just want to be changing your technique for no reason. You've yeah. got to have you've got to have a good reason to do it because if you're going to be changing, and, and this is on the second point here, um, we've got to consider how changing your technique mm. is going to impact other areas. So just the fact that by and you know say a, a common one might be you know, oh well I hope that it's not being used, but changing your foot strike, how you're landing yeah. on your feet. You know it's something a lot of runners will do. I don't like that. I don't I don't use that as a cue myself. Um, we can explain a bit more why. But but um, by simply by changing that you're changing where your body is taking the load yes. load just doesn't magically disappear no. what we're doing with with changing someone's running gait is we're, we're changing where those forces are being redistributed to so for instance in those with knee pain what we're doing is when if we're changing someone's technique we're shifting the load away from the knee and we're putting it somewhere else and that somewhere else is usually down and through the calves and the feet okay. so you've got to make sure that if you're going to be changing this 
have you got the strength down there to be able to take that, take that? Which is why you were saying that it's important to strengthen those areas as exactly, well. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. All these things have been done at the same time. It's not yeah. just, you know, oh, yeah, just do this and, yeah. and, and you'll be fixed. It's often, you know, multi-pronged. You need to be yeah. doing this, you need to be doing this and, and working on this at the same time. So, um, but then going back also to your, to your other point there, you're asking about can running technique be changed? It absolutely can be changed. And, and, and the, the research has actually shown this too, in that they've given an intervention, told them to go and change, change this, and then they've followed them up at one, three, six, and 12 months time and found that, the, that those, those changes have actually been sustained. So running technique can be that can be changed, um, and but it doesn't mean it needs to be changed. So yeah, always, yeah. Got to be, always got to consider that. that yeah. uh, um, but, uh, but that is, yeah, that's a common question. And, and I'm guessing that if you're going to be thinking about changing your gait, that you should do it under you know, guidance rather than just doing what you Yeah, think. And, and, and that's exactly right. And I have seen that, I have seen that gone wrong where people mm. have read, oh, you know, coming back to that foot landing, oh yeah, I've read that I need to change, you know, I'll be four foot striking. And this yeah. this particular runner came in with, with calf and Achilles issues. Yeah. Um, and not surprisingly, because he was all of a sudden running on his tiptoes essentially. Yeah. So and we don't want to be uh, don't want to be doing that. So so yeah, you do have to do have to be careful, careful with it. Um, that uh, that you know you do realise that you are by changing this you are redistributing over forces and and yeah. you may create other issues so yes it's uh it's it always better to do it under the guidance of someone that knows what they're uh, what they're doing yeah so some of the things that we see you know there's there's lots of i guess technique faults or things that we look for in those with uh with with runner's knee or patellofemoral pain so one is we look to reduce the up and down movement so which we call vertical oscillation so it's the sort of the really bouncy runners you know we're going up so you find the bouncy runners tend to have more runners need. They do, yeah, because what happens is they go up and then they go down and they really sink down. You know, they've got a high degree of knee bend there when they're when they're doing that. So so that's one thing we try. Just thinking about it hurts my knees. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And that's where you know the, the guys tend to be the more common ones here. Yeah. You know, they, they tend to think that each step is a rep. You know, they need yeah. to be pounding out and jumping up as high as they can. So yeah. so yes, guys, guys, this is this is a uh, more often than not this is uh, a a common fault we see in them. Um, the other that we, we, we can do and this can change a whole lot of things there is is increasing your step count or what's called cadence uh, and there's been some some research that's looked at this in increasing that by five to ten percent has been shown to decrease knee loads but as we said you know it's taking it away from the knee but it is putting it elsewhere so it's putting it down through the, the feet and the and the calves yeah there. i mean i have heard that from yourself but from other places too that if you increase your cadence, you will reduce a lot of injury. Yeah. I also assume that's because you're you're putting less um, force through each step because you're you're distributing over more steps. The load would yeah, that be part of it. That's one theory. And look, there's there's some um, you know there's still it's it's an emerging area in terms of you know does increasing your cadence reduce your injury risk? It, it's mm. it, the, the question hasn't been fully answered oh, yet. Okay. But but increasing cadence can you know create changes for for things yeah. like this or others. But there's a couple of things. Yes, it can reduce those impact forces. So by increasing the yes. cadence, then you're not hitting the ground as hard. But it can also reduce what's called overstride, where you're landing yes. a long way out in front of you. Uh, and that's where, um, you know, we've got here. Yes. So we've got reducing the impact loading. So by, by increasing that cadence. And I'm guessing you can't bind something down as much as well. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So you tend to see that reducing vertical yeah. oscillation. So pretty much a lot of this, this, this list that we're going through there are affected by by increasing mm. increasing the cadence so yeah so yeah it is a, it is a, a common one that is uh, that is used and can be a very simple one to, to implement as well to change a whole variety yeah. of different uh, different things 
The other thing that we want to look for is, is um, what's called peak hip adduction, which is basically uh, if you're looking from a runner from behind, it's the knock knees. You know, it's the knees coming, oh, okay. coming in towards yeah. each other and, and trying to encourage those that not to happen. So yeah. trying to encourage a little bit little bit of a wider step for stopping those knees from, from bumping into each other. So that's something, yeah. another thing that we look for there. And there's been research that's looked at, um, at, at women with that. It's not, it's, it is, again, it is more common in women to see that. Yeah. Um, not exclusive, but um, but yeah, that's something we look for look for uh, with these uh, these runners. Um, then we look for something that's called a, a knee strategy or, or the knee forwards on the toes, and that's. Uh, when I mentioned before, those runners that tend to go up and down a lot, you know, they're mm -hmm. up in the air and they come crashing down and they've got a lot of knee bend when they're in that, in that mid-stance position. And so that sort of puts a, you know, a bit more load in through the knee yeah, there. Yeah. can be a sign that they're, they're maybe lacking the strength in through the, uh, in through the calves there to, to support that. Because the calves will sort of counterbalance and pull it back a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's exactly right. So, yeah. so yeah, that's something we look for. Uh, and then, you know, one of the other things that we can do is we can get people leaning forwards a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, that can do... A, a couple of things that can get sort of more hip involvement so get more hip muscle activation there but it can also help to reduce a bit of overstride so instead of yes. you know by leaning forwards it's it's harder to land out in front of you so yes. these are some of the things that we yeah that we, we look for there foot strike you know put a question mark there because we don't really i don't personally i don't mm -hmm. like using that as a cue saying yeah Israel, i want you to run your forefoot yeah. um yes it's going to take some some load away from the knees but it really is going to load the the, the yeah. feet up and, and a lot of runners find that very hard to make that transition and, and you often cause more problems than than you are than you solve by, by getting them to do that so so you're saying because everyone's always saying you know oh you mustn't heel straight you mustn't heel straight if you are a heel striker should you be so paranoid about that? No, absolutely not. Because most runners are, you know, yeah. over ninety percent of runners are heel strikers, and even yeah. even a lot of the elites are That's heel right. strikers. Yeah. I mean, as we start to go faster, we do land more towards the, the front of the foot. Um, but uh, but no, most people are heel strikers. Yeah. There's there's what we call you know good heel striking and bad heel striking. Bad heel striking is where you're really reaching out in front of you, you're landing way, way out in front, you know, overstriding there and you're landing quite heavy on your heels. That's not so good. We like to sort of, what we like to see, you know, a good heel striking is bring that landing a little bit closer to your body. So you're yeah. not landing, you're not landing with a straight leg all the way out in yeah, front, got yeah. a bit more knee bend and, and landing a bit closer there. And that's, that's the, the heel striking that we, that we like to see, that we like yeah. to see. So no, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with, with, with heel striking. So for that's a big myth. That, that's that's good to hear. So Hmm. You know, us runners that do heel strike and, yep. you know, it's it's not all bad. No, it certainly is not. So so okay. don't worry about that. You yeah. may see, like, as you start to create changes and sometimes by changing cadence, you might see some slight changes in foot mm. strike. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of being a really heavy heel, there's a bit more a lighter heel or, you well, know, it's, moving it's, towards it's a lot foot. harder when you're bringing your feet in, yep. you know, closer to, to heel strike. That's exactly, yeah. exactly right. So we can we can sometimes see that, but it's never, never a cue that we'll use to yeah. say, hey, yep, get up on those toes. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. So the next one we're going to talk about, and this uh, this is the, the last last one through here, is is taping. And taping can be a, a really good one, for, especially mm. for those that are just really agitated. It's really yeah. sore, and we just need to quieten it down. It's a really simple simple technique that that uh, our listeners can do it uh, do at home. Yeah. Um, all you need is a couple strips of tape, and you can use just your sports tape or yeah. you know your strapping your kinesio tape, the stretchy yeah. tape there. Guys, I'd recommend you shave your legs um, oh, because it, it, uh, yes. it, 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 it doesn't feel so nice pulling on the uh, on the hairs there. Take that from experience, especially <laughs> when you're taking it off. Um, but um, but yeah, so if you are going to do this, I'd recommend just taking shaving a bit off on the, the top of the knee there. And then all we're doing is we're really just putting two strips of tape 
over the, uh, the, 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 the knee there um, and just going from the outside to the inside of the knee. And we're sort of covering, you know, half of the kneecap. And we've got a video here and it might be easier for, uh, you know, the, our listeners on the podcast to, to jump on the, uh, where they have a link in the show notes or something yeah. like that there. But it's really just two strips across the, uh, across the, the top of the knee there. Uh, and you can use that to, to get out for, for the run. So, so is that putting the kneecap in like the correct position or no, it's, it's deloading not, under, like what's yeah, it doing? It's, it's a good question because that's what we used to say. You know, yeah. We used to say it was doing, oh yeah, we're repositioning the kneecap, that's you know, I, the kneecap's rotating around. Yeah. But look, to be honest, we, we don't know, you know, we don't know really what it's doing. Um, it, it's, it, there's, it's very likely that it's working on it. And, and this is how a lot of taping works is it's stimulating the nervous system. So it's sort of, you know, stimulating yeah. things, whether it's distracting you from it, maybe, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, whether it's getting more muscle activation around there, we, we, do, we don't know. And, and this is not for everyone. Like I'll try the taping, does, you know, and we'll perform a test tape it so say for instance we do a squat you know what's that like out of 10 well, that's a six out of ten okay let's tape it do yeah. the squat again for me what's that like now oh that's a two or three great okay well that taping's going to be good for you if we tape it and do that movement again and it's still a six out of ten you know yeah. what taping not for you don't worry about it so but but that's where we can where we can try that we can try that out in the run and it's a pretty you know it's not it's not not restrictive out on the, yeah. on the run there at all to do and then once you're once you're home on the run you can just take it off so i generally tend to, to get people to do it uh, only and, and so can you do that taping yourself or does it need a second no person? no and this is the beauty of it too you can do it yourself you know yeah. what i recommend is you can just put it up on top on top of a bed um yeah. just let the let the knee knee relax and then get your two strips yeah. one two and you're uh, and you're done there so that's the advantage of it. it's really quick and easy and, and simple yeah. to do by your uh, by yourself yeah. so that can be a really good one for uh, for that that pain relief in terms of our bonuses, so some of the other things that, that can help and that we that I will use for, for the management of this. So manual therapy, you know, hands-on therapy there. So yeah. working around um, certainly, you know, soft tissue around through the knee, getting movement around through there, uh, working in other areas, making sure that everything's moving properly, you know, assessing yeah. the whole the whole chain there. So, hip, you know, hips or back or feet, ankle issues there that can contribute to that. So that's a, that's a, a one that can be used to, uh, that I'll, I'll use for, for management of this. Yeah. Also self-massage too. So, you know, massaging around through the quads. Some people find like with a foam roller or massage gun, yeah. um, can people find that, that can that can be quite useful. Don't tend to sort of recommend rubbing around the knee itself, yeah. um, but uh, but just sticking around through the uh, through the thigh muscle, working yeah. through the calves there. That can be that can be quite uh, quite useful. Uh, and then orthotics as well. Orthotics can be can be useful for those with these uh, these issues, uh, and especially with persistence. Can ones. you get just ones from the supermarket, or would you be yeah, better off custom, getting? Yeah, custom and there's there's um, some people can benefit from offboards called off the shelf yeah. or prefabricated orthotics, and they're the ones that you get from your your pharmacy or your supermarket. Yeah. And, and some people actually find that that does give them relief. Um, other people may need a custom-fitted orthotic, and that's yeah. where, where you know a good sports or a good podiatrist um, can mm-hmm. be uh, can be really useful useful here in determining you know whether that whether that's something that needs a prefab or whether that is something that needs a custom orthotic. So so yeah, either or that it can it can potentially benefit as well. In the bonuses, is there any um, stretching that could help with that? Stretching, not so much. Like it, it, it it's Once unless, again, glad to hear that. Yeah, yes. yeah. It, it, it's not so much for for, for this condition. Although, no. if someone's got you know, if they do have a particularly stiff ankle or, or you know, uh, mainly the toe or the hip, there, then it's stretching more about is something. Mobility there, yeah, really, it is. It? That's yeah, right. Yeah. The, the mobility there, but but in my experience, most most runners tend to have a, a lack of strength versus a lack of mobility. Um, yeah, there's certainly. 
you know, as runners, we generally tend to be tight anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. And so we don't need to be yogis um, to, yeah. to, to run. And it's actually an advantage for us to be a bit stiffer. That's so, not always my excuse not to stretch. That's so, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Mine too. Yeah. Um, so so stretching is is not a big part of it. But yeah, yeah. There, there are areas that we, we can use that. But I don't, I don't okay. tend to use that as much for, find the need to use that as much for, uh, for this. Yeah. So... That's pretty much it. So we cover all those off there. We've got our four tips. We've got our running loads, making yeah. sure you get those right. We've got our strength training, uh, different exercises yeah. going after those areas that you're particularly weak in, running technique considerations, and then also we've got our taping. So if we find um, we've got sore knees and it just aches occasionally, just, you know, not all the time, at what point should we come in when, when it gets to level five pain or when we're just that odd twinge every now and again? At what point should we make an appointment? Oh, look, it's, it's I mean, the, the saying that you know, stitch in time saves nine. Yes, I mean, generally, yeah. the, the earlier we get onto things, the, the, the more issues that we can, that we can you know, prevent down the track. So, look, I always encourage people to, you know, at least get a diagnosis and know what's going yeah. on there. And there's sometimes we just sort of say, no, look, this is pretty good. You know, you're, you're doing well, just keep going, crack on. Yeah. Um, other times it's like, well, look, no, there's a few issues that we need to sort out. Um, and, you know, we need to work on this particular strength. Plus, it can save some other issues that potentially yeah. happen down that down the track. So, I always tend to sort of tend to encourage people to you know to, to seek advice early. Uh, yeah. That may not need to be action from that advice. There may not be you know may not be need to be doing much, but at least just get it, get that diagnosis, figure out what's going on, and then go from uh, go from there. If nothing else, it'll, it'll relieve your mind so that you know that you're yeah. you're okay to keep going. That's exactly right. Otherwise, yeah. it takes away from your enjoyment of running if you're paranoid the whole time as well. And, and like you said, even if you say, no, no, you're right to go, but just keep your running load of this and increase your strength training. Yep. And at least you're doing the right things to prevent it from getting any worse. Yep, exactly right. So spot yep. on. Yep. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much. So um, if you have runner's knee, that's what you need to be looking into. And um, I will put the, uh, the notes in, in the show notes, the link to this um the notes that you've written yep the presentation yes and of course you can have a look on youtube as well and um of course anyone can get in contact with you and have an appointment and get That's these nice. things sorted out straight yes. away no thank you for having me on as well it's uh, always love love uh, love to talk to you and yes and uh we'll see well, you i've had great feedback people episode. are really enjoying uh this series <laughs> and i'm sure we'll look at another one of the myriad of injuries yeah, that's right Sadly, as yeah. I say, but, yeah. but um, in just saying that, you know, yeah. everyone talks about how much um, runners get injured. Yeah. In my job as a PT, I speak to many, the most people I hear about being injured are the netballers, just mm. just saying mm. uh, that it's not the runners. No, 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 that's no. <laughs> so nothing. we're not as bad as we think we are. No, you can call this netball knee too. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, it. it is very yeah. common to see. So yeah. No, yeah. right across the board, not just running, but anything. Yeah, it's, that's uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Isabel. Thank you. Thanks, Bye. everyone, for tuning in. I hope this informative episode has helped you if you are feeling pain in your knees or knee. Of course, this podcast does not substitute for medical advice, so please see your specialist if you are feeling pain. It is always best to get something officially diagnosed so you know what you are dealing with and then can work on that. Have a great week of training and racing.